Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Future Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Juliette Lamar, and joining us today is Ben Smith. He is the co-founder at Physical with an S, so we're very interested to see what that has to do with everything. Welcome, Ben. Hi. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's great to be here. Absolutely. Thank you for taking the time to join us. For sure. For sure. Yeah, excited to share a bit more about uh, Physical and uh, what we're up to. Yeah, so why don't you kick us off with uh, you know an overview of physical and what you're doing there. Yeah, happy to. So uh, physical is a location data market protocol. Now, what that what what does that mean? Well, we work primarily with uh, location data uh, from mobile applications, so weather apps, travel apps, news applications uh, that have uh, you know that collect location services uh, from opted in end users, and then basically. Uh, sell that data to marketing companies, hedge funds, real estate companies. And so what physical is, is uh, it, it creates a decentralized marketplace for the trade of that data. And because it's decentralized and built on the blockchain, uh, there's a lot of benefits regarding greater transparency and greater compliance. And also it creates a standard for the trade of this type of location data, all which really doesn't exist uh, yet today. Yeah, this is definitely the first time I've heard of it. Um, why Why the interesting spelling of, of physical? Is it because it's like fiscal you know, and also uh, location? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So the the story behind that is uh, we've, the team has actually been working with location-based technology and, and big data for the past four years. Um, and what we've seen is um, sort of a transition where, you know, the last 20 years or so, we're really focused on digital world data or online data. So what you do on Facebook, what you do on Amazon, Google, all online. And that's really where, you know, the data space focused. And we're seeing a transition uh, to physical world data. So um, how people move through the physical world, what stores they visit, you know, where they travel. Uh, and that's become a really, really valuable data asset for many, you know, different industries. So the, the term physical, uh, or, you know, the name physical sort of stems from that, you know, the physical world. And then we have, we added an F in front because um, it's kind of funny, but, you know, we think about it as freeing physical world data because we're using blockchain and a decentralized ledger as opposed to, you know, having this space be monopolized by, you know, another giant like Google and Facebook. So hopefully that makes sense. Yeah, a very interesting little little play on words there. I like it. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, you've got a lot of different case studies I'm seeing here uh, on your website. Do you care to go into detail about a couple of those that maybe can give people a better understanding of your product? Yeah, yeah absolutely. So um, since we are already collecting, you know, uh, billions of data points from actually over 10 million uh, mobile phones. Uh, so users have essentially opted in to share this data with us, which we then, you know, sell through the physical, you know, platform marketplace. Um, and so what we do is we'll take those data sets and we'll just create, you know, unique uh, case studies around, you know, hot topics in the media. So one, 
One uh, notable one was uh, uh, the Trump and, and Kim uh, meeting in Singapore. And what we did is we actually looked at the location data of mobile phones, anonymous mobile phones around their hotels and saw that, um, you know, Trump had 22% more uh, people gathered around his hotel for his arrival than uh, Kim. So that's, that's just an example of one of the case studies we do. And it's interesting and, you know, people find it, you know, you know, fascinating to read about. So. Oh, definitely. Especially with things like that. And, uh, and you're also looking into, you know, different, I see here there's a, there's a one about um, location data proving like diversity in crypto crowds being more or less wealthy. How, how do you get something like that? Yeah, so that's uh, really interesting. So uh, we, what we did is we basically looked at, uh, based on these anonymous mobile phone location signals, we could determine where, where are people from, right? Like what zip code uh, are they from? And then where do they travel? They travel from that zip code to these crypto conferences. So based on zip code uh, and then, you know, demographic and income data, uh, we can determine, you know, what their likely income range is and then see, you know, which people attend those crypto conferences. So uh, that's actually how we, we determined that for, for that case study, which, uh, which we thought was pretty cool. Very cool. And I also, I'm also looking here, just one more that I thought was interesting was the 2017 Women's March in Washington had three times the attendance as Trump's inauguration, which I'm sure he's sad to hear about, but also an interesting data point. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was a that was a hot one, hotly debated topic in the media at that time. So we thought it appropriate to you know do a case study on it. Well, absolutely, because it's a highly debated topic, and people keep saying, you know, what is the truth? We don't know. But when you have this cell phone data, you can clearly look at these little dots on the screen and see, you know, the clusters of people. And that, to me, that's a deciding, uh, truthful presentation. Exactly. Yeah. So we can actually prove, you know, what was, you know, the correct you know, result, you know, and what's, what's false. So, yeah, I mean, using all these anonymous phone signals, there isn't any bias to it. You know, we're mm-hmm. you're purely looking at it from an objective point of view. And uh, so it's helpful to sort of, you know, prove what's true out there. Um, and this is a, this is a great example of that for sure. And besides the examples that we've just talked about, you know, in the future, what do you hope to use this, this data for besides just, you know, disputing who was when and where, um, you know, are there other use cases that you are brainstorming right now? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So there's there's a couple industries and markets that actually you know use this data today, uh, and that we sell to our parent company, Physical Labs, actually has you know uh, a number of large customers, primarily in the marketing space uh, right now. So, you know, one industry, big marketers, advertisers, what they do is they look at um, you know. Where do where do uh, these mobile phones? What stores do they visit? And so, for example, if if this mobile phone visits uh, Starbucks a lot, then that individual is likely a coffee drinker. And so, therefore, maybe Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts will send those those phones a you know more targeted mobile advertisement. Um, so that's sort of one you know one core use case that we're seeing today. Um, one really interesting one is actually related to financial services. So uh, hedge funds. Um, find this data really valuable because what they can do is they can look at what the foot traffic trends are today in, you know, a Macy's. And then they can infer what the sales volumes will be for like a Macy's store based on those foot traffic volumes and then make trades on the Macy's stock and the stock market prior to their competitors. Um, Because, you know, people in the store is obviously an indicator of actual sales. 
Um, so that gives them a real strategic advantage. Um, and so we're beginning to sort of outreach into the major players in that space um, and, you know, beginning to build relationships there. Well, fantastic. So I know I've got to ask this question because it's something that's probably on our listeners' minds. Um, you know, you're, as a customer, as a person with a cell phone, you're opting in to have your data be used and sold by, by physical. Um, you know, I'm sure you get a lot of pushback on that. So what do you have to say to our, to our listeners regarding, you know, privacy, the way they opt in, and the way that their, their data and location is sold? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, where the, where the space is really trending is obviously, you know, today when you download a, a weather app and you opt into sharing your location, you know, there's a privacy policy update that, um, you know, that you, you've agreed to. Um, but in the future, there's going to be something that's more formal that you have to agree to and you can actually see, you know, what companies or what industries you're sharing your data with. Um, and I think the great thing about physical is that we're addressing that head on. And so by using this decentralized infrastructure, this, this blockchain, uh, what we can do is actually allow uh, consumers to stake claim to their data and then also get a piece of the revenue uh, when, you know, that data is bought by, you know, a hedge fund or a marketing company. And um, so that's what we think is really powerful. And so we're working on um, a few initiatives there where, you know, not only are we just, you know, you're get, we're getting the opt-in, but you can actually get a piece of the revenue. And because we're using blockchain, you can track where your data goes and authorize and deauthorize its use for, you know, this company, I actually don't want to have my data but this company I do, for example. So um, we're, we're kind of getting ahead of it because we, you know, we think that's where the space is going and trying to sort of pave the way, especially with location data, um, to make it much more sort of consumer friendly and you know, prove compliance and prove that users actually opted in and giving them a piece of the revenue uh, back. That's fantastic to hear. And I've, I've put a little bit at ease with that because it is kind of for lack of a better word, just creepy. If people, you know, you opt into a weather app because you want to the weather and then all of a sudden, you know, your your data is being used in ways that you didn't necessarily know or want to be used. And I love the way that you guys are attacking that problem. That is very cool. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, it's something, it's already starting to change in Europe with uh, GDPR. And, you know, in the coming, you know, years, that's that's going to trickle to, you know, other countries in the United States. So, you know, we want to get ahead of it now. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, and do it right. Absolutely. You want people to trust you because then once you give people a little bit of, of control over their own data and you're giving them a piece of the pie, then they're going to be, you know, easier to work with <laughs> in the future. Exactly. Exactly. So let's talk a little bit about your token. You guys do have a token sale going on currently, I believe. Correct. Um, give us a little insight yep. into, into that and what, and what it's all about. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So we have a, a token sale going on. We're built on physical, built on the uh, Ethereum blockchain, um, and the token has uh, really three core use cases. Um, uh, it's a utility token. Um, the token's used to pay for actual data sets. So, um, in order to for a buyer to you know get you know purchase data, they have to use the FYS token. Uh, also for market services. Uh, for example, data validation or data enrichment. The token is also used to validate data sets and to enrich data sets that are traded on the physical marketplace. Uh, also, uh, decryption of data sets. So the token actually acts as a mechanism to decrypt access to the data sets. 
Um, and the third, the third uh, function is community incentives. So um, paying, you know, community members, market service providers, uh, rewards, token rewards um, to incentivize greater adoption uh, of the protocol. And so what we've done is actually allocated 25% of all tokens that we've created to, um, to incentivize and reward uh, market participants and community members. Hopefully that gives you uh, an overview. Yeah. It does. Yeah, it yeah, gives you very... an overview of that. Yeah. Um, yep. So you touched on this briefly, but give us a little more insight into your background and how you ended up co-founding Physical. Yeah, yeah. So actually, um, we started Physical Labs, uh, me and my other team members, uh, co-founders, started Physical Labs about four years ago uh, out of Boston. And uh, that company focused on, and it still focuses on, uh, you know, collecting location data and, you know, selling it primarily into marketing and all these other industries that we've been talking about. But over the last four years, what we've seen is we've seen this space rapidly grow and a lot of aggregators and middlemen stepped in. And what happened is uh, when all these aggregators step in and these middlemen, what they do is they aggregate and they pull data sets and buy up data sets from all these disparate sources and then sell those data sets as one high quality pack, you know, package with a marketing pitch. But the problem there is that there's really no way to prove, you know, the quality of the data, where did the data actually come from, if it was collected in a compliant way. So physical sort of stemmed out of dealing with that, those issues that began to develop um, and sort of remove or disintermediate this location data space. So we, we come from, and I come from a lot of experience working with location data and location-based tech and, you know, working with even iBeacon sensor data and Wi-Fi data. Um, and, and that's why we started it, because to address this existing, uh, you know, problem that we saw in the industry that we're, we're in. So we started working on physical uh, about a year ago, and we actually launched the protocol uh, at the end of February to the Ethereum main net which is like, you know, live and in production. And we've been publishing data sets to physical since then. So um, we're pretty far along in the process and we're really excited about it. Uh, yeah, I mean, four years you guys have put into this uh, and, and really have been working on it. What are some of the biggest things you've learned by, by working in this space? Yeah, so it's, it's funny. Um, the biggest things, yeah, I guess related to all the use cases for this type of data, right? Like at the beginning, it's like, okay, this data set can be used for, you know, maybe three years ago. Oh, wow. These, you know, this data set can be used for a marketing campaign. But then it's, it's expanded into, oh, wow, this can actually be used to measure the effectiveness of marketing campaigns by looking at the, the footfall that the marketing campaigns drive in. And then, you know, we're learning more and more. Oh, wow. Like urban planners can use this to study different bottlenecks in the city, you know, where people, you know, commute from. Uh, where there's the most congestion and fix those types of issues. Oh, wow, financial services. There's another use case. And even real estate. We're working with some large real estate companies uh, and mall operators to actually uh, help allow them to study the, you know, the flow of individuals through their malls and their stores. So I think for me, it's, it's really eye-opening to see, you know, every day there's a new use case for this type of data. Um, and it's becoming, you know, increasingly more powerful as companies start to, you know, realize um, realize those use cases uh, and, and, you know, the benefits that can drive for their, their companies. And I think that, that you have, from what I can tell, you seem to have a responsibility to, to the people who are giving you their data. And 
and that's got to be really motivating and a factor for you to be able to say, hey, we're trying to find solutions that are good for everyone, and and I'm trying to spearhead that. You got it. So the idea is, hey, we're we're acknowledging the fact that today the way things are really aren't ideal. Um, you know, with regard to privacy and the creepiness factor, so we want to address that head on, and you know, allow consumers to actually claim their data, authorize and deauthorize its use, understand you know where it's being used. For example, you know, consumers might want to share their data with urban planners or real estate companies or financial services companies that can potentially improve, you know, their immediate lives in their own cities. But maybe they don't want to share their data with a marketer, for example. So we want to give them that ability to, to opt out uh, of that um, in the process. Yeah, it gets you thinking, I'm thinking, you know, where would I want my data to be shared? And when you mentioned uh, traffic, you know, living in L.A., you guys are up in San Francisco, that's something that affects us daily. And I'm like, yes take my data and improve this traffic, <laughs> you know, I want to help in that way or the real estate market or whatnot. That's something that, that I'm like, yes, positive change. But then when I think of the use case of, oh, Starbucks wants to know how often I go to that neighborhood coffee shop so they can squash them, you know, that's I'm like, no, you can't have it, Starbucks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, that's just one of the, one of the options that, you know, consumers will have through physical. Um, and at the same time, you know, you will get a piece of the revenue shared back with you, which is a completely new model. Um, but I think, you know, that's the direction that, you know, the data space in general is trending. And so, you know, getting out ahead of it is, for us, is definitely the right thing to do. And I, I think the whole, I don't want to say the whole world, but a, a, this generation of people is is all about the sharing, right? So when you're saying that you can monetize your own data sharing, it's kind of like an Airbnb type situation. Oh, I have this thing that someone needs. I'm going to share it with them, and you're creating extra income for them. It's it's another way of of being involved in this virtual community that we're creating. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. So it's especially with the millennials, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're 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 willing and they're open to these types of these types of things and and you know the whole sharing economy. So um, you know, it, it it makes a lot of sense. We think, um, and you know, we've been we've been having you know. Uh, a great receptance of it so far. So Ben, tell us where's the best place for people to, you know, find out more information about physical, potentially buy some token. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you can go to physical.org, physical with an F. Uh, you know, that's our website. On the website, we have, uh, you know, a white paper, one pager, information on um, our token sale. Um, or you can just reach out to me directly at ben at, at physical.org. And, and uh, you know, for people are interested in the token sale, you know, that's one thing. Uh, but if you, you know, are interested in looking at sample data and potentially working with the team or, or building an, a cool case study with us, you know, you know, we're open to that as well. Oh, fantastic. Well, Ben, thank you so much for joining us here today on Future Tech Podcast. It's, it's been really great to get an inside look into, into hopefully the future of data sharing. Thank you so much for having me on and uh, look forward to talking with you soon. That is Ben Smith. He's the co-founder at Physical. That's F-Y-S-I-C-A-L dot org. Check them out. Thank you all so much for tuning in. This has been Juliet Lamar with Future Tech Podcast. You've been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, both to review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, 
virtual reality, and more.